and welcome to the birds and bees of today. This is one of your hosts, Sodi Smith. Today we will be talking about the public school provision of sex education and looking at some of the regional disparities and differences in what curriculum specifically is taught to students. So the interviews for this host will be Mary Shanley, who is from College Station, Texas. We'll be interviewing Andrew Denny, who's from Richmond, Virginia. We'll be interviewing Brianna Curran, who is from Miami Beach, Florida. And we'll be interviewing Kay McCullough, who is from Missoula, Montana. Hello everyone, this is Sodi Smith, and I am one of your hosts for the birds and bees of today. I would like to introduce you to our guests for today's episode. My name is Mary Shanley, and I'm a sophomore at Davidson College. Uh, my name is Andrew Denny, and I'm a sophomore at Davidson College. My name is Bree Curran, and I'm a sophomore as well. My name is Kate McCullough, and I'm also a sophomore. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about public education and sex curr- education curriculum. So the first thing I want to go around and ask everyone about is, um, could you guys all talk a little bit about y- your school's specific sex education curriculum? And Mary, you can start. Yeah, um, so I basically didn't have one. We um, spent about 30 minutes in sixth grade and maybe an hour in eighth grade <laughs> talking about talking about sex. Um, none of that sex education included information about condoms or um, you know any sort of safe sex behavior, no mention of consent. Um, we basically just learned about abstinence and watched a birthing video. So that's about it. And is there anything, like, did that mean that you had to seek, like, outside information? Like, did they point you to any resources? Um, no resources were pointed to. Um, my parents didn't even really give me an in-depth talk. They just um, showed me inappropriate television. Like, I knew what sex was because of Glee um, when Quinn got pregnant. So, so I really, like... I think they just used television as a substitute for the talk because I figured it out on my own. I didn't do any Googling though, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that would have been uh, not that great, you know, mm-hmm. what's out there on the internet. <laughs> All right, Denny, could you talk a little bit about yours? Um, yeah, so my school, or like in elementary school, they, in like fifth grade, they split us up into two like groups. They like split up into like the boys and the girls, and then they showed us like, different videos. I don't remember exactly what we watched in fifth grade, but I think that was more about, like, just, like, puberty and, like, kind of, like, growing up. And then in, like, middle school, I think we had, like, a more extensive, like, like, health unit for, like, PE, where we talked about, like, sex and, like, um, kind of, like, the birds and the bees and kind of, like, the generic talk that, like, um, like, most, like, parents give their kids. Um, and then in high school, we had more of an advanced, like, talk about like condoms and like consent and stuff like that but it was only like a two-week it was only like a two-week course that was like part of PE1 so it wasn't really like that elaborate but at least they like did go over it and it was nice to have like a progression like as we got older of like more and more mature subjects okay um Brie could you talk a little bit about it sure so I went to three different schools for um elementary middle and high school and they were all public schools in Florida um, for elementary school, the education we got was basically just like how someone can get pregnant, um, and just abstinence based, just like don't have sex. Um, and it was just about like an hour we spent on it, like in class, where my teachers kind of broke that down, like gave the birds and the bees 
like traditional talk. And then in middle school, um, we had it in seventh grade and then eighth grade. And in seventh grade, we just watched like a birthing video of a teen mother giving birth. Um, very graphic and disturbing video, I would say. Um, and again, like talking about how like someone gets pregnant and like how to avoid it. And then eighth grade, similar to Den- Denny's experience, um, they put us like they segregated it on gender. Um, and like to the girls, I don't know what they talked about with the guys, but with the girls at least, they just talked about like how periods work and like how our bodies were changing. Um, and then they put a condom on a banana. Um, but there was like no like like intersectional talk about sex or any like talk about consent or anything like that. So yeah. Oh, also something Bree said made me remember something that we did in high school. Like they also put a condom on a banana and then they made us make penises and vaginas out of play doh for some reason to show us like the anatomy of sex organs. So that wasn't like super productive, but it was something I guess. Oh, oh, also I wanted to say that we didn't have any, uh, like, sex education in high school. Like, I didn't, I didn't get it at all. Yeah, neither did we. So you, so Bray and Mary, you guys just had middle school and sort of elementary school? Yes. Not even elementary school. So do you think it would have been more impactful to have it, like, later on in high school? Like, would you have rather had it in high school or? Definitely, because that's, like, when, like, people were actually starting to have sex. Like, I think it was, like, way more relevant, like, at the time. And also, like, I just wish, like, sex wasn't approached so much from, like, only about pregnancy because I didn't even take into account people that were having sex that, like, were not straight or, like, people that want to have sex for pleasure or, like, consent or anything like that um, just was not talked about. And you guys that were, like, separated kind of by gender, do you think that was, like, a useful tool that, like, these schools used or, like, would you have rather, like had everyone in one classroom. I think that men should learn about periods. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't because Mm -hmm. like I've met, like my first boyfriend in college thought that a period lasted a day. (laughs) And I think that's pretty like inexcusable for our education system to not cover that at all for men. Yeah, I also agree. Like when I was younger, like I didn't think of anything of it. Like you were just told to like go and like go into the room with all, all the guys but like I would definitely say there's like stuff that like I still don't know because of the fact that we were separated and like that was the only time they ever talked about like like topics like that and we were like separated so like we never got to see like the other side and like so you don't really have an understanding of what the other um like genders like like what they're going through in puberty and stuff like, I understand, like, why they would segregate it by gender, because, like, when you're talking to, like, middle schoolers about sex, like, people are going to laugh and, like, make jokes about, like, bodies changing and stuff, but I think, like, the whole point of having the talk should be to, like, normalize sex and, like, this very natural part of life, so I think, like, segregating it by gender is just enforcing, like, the fact that, like, sex is, like, this mechanical, like, transactional thing, like, that people do just to, like, make babies, and I feel like if you put the genders together and you try to like make people more comfortable about it, then you like just normalize the idea of having sex like in a safe and like pleasurable way, like from the beginning. And like Mary said, I just feel like like I wonder like what information like I didn't get like that they were talking to the guys about and like vice versa. Like I just think it's important to like just know about like health in general because like mm-hmm. I mean they showed us how to put a condom on a banana, but like 
we didn't like practice it ourselves or anything like that. So I just think there's like important things like you should learn about like just like at a basic level that like shouldn't be based off of like your gender. Especially because like there are non-binary people as well and trans yeah, people. Yeah, I also say for public mm-hmm. schools like there's no like they only talk about heterosexual sex and mm-hmm. they just like and I think splitting up the guys and girls even enforces that even more. So like there's just like if like I wasn't straight like I if at my school like I just would have I would have to like seek outside information that I feel like the school should be providing for mm-hmm. kids as mm-hmm. they're like um going to school. I agree. I've like recently realized I'm not straight um and like I have no idea how I would go about mm-hmm. having sex with a woman like I have no idea like, <laughs> what it involves and I only have like some idea of what it involves from either TikTok or like media stereotypes and stuff like I just have no idea yeah so how do you think that like schools like especially like public schools have to like comply with like state regulations and stuff like how do you think that they should go about like incorporating like a more like inclusive like curriculum definitely spend more time on it Mm-hmm. and cover everything that you need to cover cover um self-pleasure cover non non-homosexual sex um consent for sure the word consent was never used in my entire time wow. in health classes um yeah stuff like that i think just spend more time on it and make it maybe even make it an actual required course I think if you can't, like, I think, especially in public schools, like, there's a lot of censorship, and I feel like if you can't, like, fight against the system, if you can't get the laws to change about, like, the me- the language that you're using in the classroom, I do think, like, the least you can do is at least, like, point students to, like, resources or, like, websites or, like, other educational tools that they can use outside of the classroom, so that the only perception of sex that they're getting isn't just from, like, a state-mandated, state-mandated like, curriculum. Yeah, I'd also say, like, I feel like I got more, a bit more, like, compared to Mary, like, they talked about it more to me, but I still think they could do more. I think in high school, I think at least within, like, the first two years, like, either freshman or sophomore year, you should be required to take, like, some sort of, like, health or, like, sex, like, health sex ed class where they could go more in depth, because for me, my experience, it was just, it was, like, a two-week unit that was, like, you take PE1, and, like, they would talk about other health topics, and then, like, one unit would be, like, sex ed. And I feel like at my school, like, we had to take personal finance because that's, like, important for the rest of your life. But, like, I feel like sex ed is even more important than that. So, like, mm-hmm. how is there no required course for that? I also feel like, I don't know if this is y'all's experience, but, like, every educator I had that talked about sex was always visibly uncomfortable talking about it. It just made it super awkward. And I think that's definitely, like, a very easy fix. It's, like, if you are an educator, like, you should not be treating, like, the people that you're presenting this information to, like, as, like, super immature people because you're talking about, like, an adult subject. And I think, like, it's it's important to like talk about it so that you're not just like making it like this weird like uncomfortable thing because then people aren't really going to take what you're saying like seriously or like reflect on it like I think it just makes it like more awkward and like more uncomfortable and like you know like students just kind of laugh about it when they leave the classroom 
Yeah, I think that's why there should be another class because, like, the PE teachers were, like, the ones, like, in all my experience, it was always the PE teachers, and, like, I feel like that's not, like, what mainly, like, what they are, like, comfortable doing, so, like, you could always tell that they were, like, very visibly uncomfortable or just, like, felt like they were, like, getting this over with, and, like, they weren't, like, they didn't even, like, know that much, or, like, they didn't have, like, they, like, didn't have, like, unless it was, like, very, like, oh, like, heterosexual sex, like, they couldn't answer, like, any other questions. So, like, I think it could have been, like, it could be useful for if there was, like, a class to talk with someone who has a bit more experience and is more comfortable talking about these types of subjects because PE teachers are not always, like, the best at conveying that information. Yeah, I feel like even bringing in, like, an outside, like, expert on it, like, I'm sure there's, like, different organizations, like, in the communities that, Mm -hmm. like, focus on this, like, bringing in an outside person to talk about it could be helpful if, like, none of the teachers feel, like, comfortable or, like, well-rounded in their knowledge of, like, intersectional ways to approach this. Yeah, did anyone have, like, a trained professional come in for at least, like, maybe, like, a day activity or, like, a week-long thing? No. No, so everyone's Mm -hmm. shaking their heads. Um, so I'd like to get to Cade. Cade, would you talk a little (laughs) bit? Sorry, we messed you up. Would you, like, could you, like, talk a little bit about your experience yeah so like Bree, i went to three different schools for elementary school middle school and high school and they all had some element of a sex ed curriculum in elementary school it was mainly just they divided the boys and the girls and it was mainly just focused on puberty i don't i don't even know if we covered any topics relating to sex in fifth grade and then in middle school we um we had like a brief curriculum that probably lasted a week of a week or two of sixth grade, seventh grade and eighth grade. And in that, it was very much focused on like um, STDs, pregnancy and abstinence-based prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until high school that I had any talk about contraceptives, um, consent or any topics like that. And then like um, like um, the other, like what Mary, Denny and Brie were also talking about, it wasn't a very inclusive education program because it was completely focused on like heterosexual sex and heterosexual relationships it didn't talk about um homosexual relationships didn't talk about um self-pleasure and also a lot of my um in high school and um, middle school we didn't have any experts come in it was just like our homeroom teachers teaching it in middle school and then high school it was PE teachers and I think it would be very helpful to implement a program with people who are experts in the field who are enthusiastic about this rather than teachers who just want to get this done because they have to. I think that would work a lot better to actually like engage with um, the children about sex and get them like talking and thinking about these things in a serious way. Cause like, um, like Denny was saying, like a lot of people would just like, it w- after like an awkward instruction, a lot of people would just like leave the room laughing and stuff. Yeah, it's sort of hard to deal with, like, kids' behaviors and reactions to this because I feel like everyone does kind of have, like, a similar, like, initial response because, like, we are, like, a lot of things are stigmatized and it's kind of hard to, like, combat, like, those stereotypes and stuff. But I don't know, like, what do you guys think is, like, the best way of kind of, like, moving forward for schools to approach these topics and, like, ways that maybe, like, we can try and like destigmatize these issues, like especially like within like the public school system. I think like the most important thing is to just normalize these topics and from a very young age, like normalize um, self pleasure, normalize 
topics related to sex, like normalize um, homosexual relationships, normalize consent from a young age. If we have that like normalized at the beginning of our sex education curriculum, I think that would be a lot more effective. So people could go off into the, the real world and like understand, have a firm understanding of these things. Yeah, and kind of like one last question that I have for you guys is how do you like, how have your views like on sex education like kind of changed like since coming to Davidson? And do you think that Davidson's program was useful or maybe like more applicable? I, um, I didn't actually learn that much from Davidson's program. I learned almost everything that I know about sex from my more, exper- more sexually experienced friends. And from, like, hands-on. But, um, but yeah, I don't think that Davidson was as helpful as they could be. I, I mean, it certainly was much better than what I had in high school, but still not very much time was spent on that. I do want to give credit, though, to Davidson's, like, program because it was the first time, like, in my experience I've ever, like, like had the topic of like consent and like self-pleasure be brought up when it comes to sex like I think that was like an emphasis during like their um curriculum that was like very refreshing even though like like Mary said like I already learned a lot of that stuff just from like talking to my friends and just like experience but like it was nice that that was like I feel like what King was saying that like that's a way to like normalize it it's just like make it part of everyday conversation and I also liked that, like, it was a bit awkward, but, like, during orientation, they had, like, this anonymous poll where they asked us, like, questions about, like, our sexual experience and stuff. And I thought, like, everyone's going to answer, like, one way, but it was actually, like, a very diverse, like, um, range of experiences. And so, like, I like that because I think it showed that, like, not everyone is in the same boat and, like, it's something that is, like, very unique to the individual and, like, something that should be respected. Yeah, also my current roommate right now is a health advisor, and, like, they do a lot for Davidson, especially with, like, access to, like, the sexual health vending machine and stuff like that that I think makes, like, Davidson, like, Davidson very, like, inclusive and, like, pretty, like, open to, like, discuss these, these issues, and especially, like, the programs that we had at the beginning of freshman year where they, like, the health advisors went hall to hall and had, like, talks with the, like, all of us inside the lounge just like yes it was like a little bit weird because it was like we were just all like we barely knew each other on a hall and now we were like attending a sex talk but I think it was important to have that at the beginning to kind of have a basis to know that like these resources are out there um and like they're available at Davidson and yeah like Bree and Mary said it was nice to have just like like one talk to kind of make sure everyone's kind of on the same level before um like we, like, start, like, mingling and start, like, I don't know, like, our college career and stuff. <laughs> um, going off of what um, Denny said, I think one thing that the, like, the program that the health advisors put together for before orientation, one thing that it did really well was it seemed like it was definitely the most, like, even though it was pretty compact, it was the most, like, comprehensive and applicable sex education program I've had. Like, um, it actually talked about, like, different um, circumstances related to sex topics that like college students would could face like with um, consent and parties and stuff like that and that was the that was the first time I'd ever had a sexual education program that like I felt like I connected with and that was like applicable to me so I I really liked that aspect of it
Yeah, I'd also say, like, bring this back to schools, too. Like, a lot of the materials that they used in public schools were, like, very outdated. And, like, they didn't reference, like, specific scenarios that were, like, relevant to, like, kids in, like, our generation. So, like, especially with the health advisors, it was nice because, like, they could actually, like, like describe real-life scenarios that, like, we will encounter at Davidson. And so it was nice to have something that was, like, actually tailored to, like, stuff that we will experience and, like, what to do in those scenarios. Whereas, like, in high school, like, I felt like the materials were very, like, non-related to anything that would ever happen in my life. I feel like, also, like, that's, like, something that they could do in public school, so, like, help normalize it. It's, like, in my high school, at least, like, we didn't have a sex talk, but we had, like, a group of, like, um, peers, like, like, everyday students who, like, um, formed, like, an after-school, like, group where they would give presentations in classes about, like, um recreational drugs and like um smoking and stuff that's just like to talk about like the risks of it and I feel like if you did something similar with that with like um sex education like led by your peers it'd be a lot more like approachable and I feel like Davidson does a good job of like the health advisors and the peer sex educators and like the fact that like for example like our shared friend who's like a health advisor like I know that I can go and like talk to him about any questions that I might have and it's like less intimidating because he's our friend and like it's it's not as weird as like going to talk to like someone who's like in an authority role like a teacher or like an administrator or something so I think that's like something that could be helpful slash like you know it's like they could relate to you on a more like age-wise I guess level like they kind of understand like what you're going through more deeply yeah does anyone else have any final closing thoughts all right thank you guys for joining me today thank you for having me on the podcast the continuity of the abstinence-based approach is still clearly prevalent in public schools across the united states since the beginning of the absence only curriculum students access to information regarding contraception has been limited and it is still excluded from present-day curricula in some states. The historical roots and sex education as a sort of moral guide for students is still prevalent and can be seen in how each public school goes about educating students regarding their physical and sexual well-being. Advocates for the abstinence curricula were ultimately the most successful and their policies and philosophies are still the most common strategies in, in contemporary sex education. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on The Birds and Bees of Today.